Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Welcome to episode five of Sales Velocity TV. I'm Andrew Cast. That's Aaron Parkinson to my left. Good to be with all of you here today. I know some of you are listening on the podcast, Sales Velocity Radio. Aaron, uh, talking lead generation and traffic today, and it's I think it's a nice extension from episode four where we talked sales funnels. So, how are you doing? Good to be with you again on a Friday. I'm doing amazing. I, w I want you to be able to see me represent this t-shirt for today. Can you see this? What, what are we representing here? Axe Capital, tell me. I didn't Come see on. this in the pre-show, so get me up to speed, pal. Axe, if, if you've never watched the show Billions. Oh, you, dude, you are the third person that has told me I need to watch Billions in the last two months, and I've just, I'm, I'm not a big TV guy, I'm not a big Netflix guy, and I know there's just awesome, productive business type shows out there. I need to need to step up my game, man. You know what? Let me be the last person who tells you this before you actually go and yeah. push play. It's, it's on Netflix. It's a this weekend thing. It's a this weekend thing. Yeah. You know, trust me, you will thank us on next week's show. You'll be like, mind blown. For those people who are watching and, and they haven't seen it before, go watch it. It is by far, you will love it. It is by far the most intelligent, gripping show on the battle between hedge fund managers, rulers of the world, and the government, and this constant dance that they're doing, this power dance. Mm -hmm. And Axe Capital is the firm of the main character, Bobby Axelrod, it, who is, runs. Is, that the, is, is it The Rock that plays him? No, I, I can't remember the of? name of the, of the actor. Uh, he's a ginger guy. Um, I don't think he's really done anything big up until, um, up until Billions. And now- So you bought the shirt. That's how into the show you are. You went out and said, hey, I, I think I'm going to go online and buy a shirt from this show. I literally had a client who showed up to a Zoom like this and he had an Axe Capital shirt on. And I said, where did you get that shirt? <laughs> and he said, I don't know. Somebody sent it to me in the mail. And I said to my wife, Liz, Liz, I need whatever they're selling. I need it. So she hunted that shirt down. She, uh, not only the shirt, I have a coffee mug as well. Now I see, listen, the fact that you bought gear, I need to go watch Million. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally a I'm fan. In, I'm sold. I'm a fanboy. Like, so. uh, like this weekend, I'm definitely going to watch. But where do I begin? There's like a gazillion seasons before I thought. It's always there's, one there's of those. Like, there's like four seasons. Start from the beginning. Right. You'll get one episode in and you'll be hooked. And, and for, for our, our listeners, if you like something that's super intelligent, intense, you know, you will be like, oh my God, this is the greatest show I've ever watched. Well, so, listen, speaking of billions, you and I have probably, we, we, we say this quite a bit when we're doing content, is if you take all of the projects we've done over the last 15 years, companies we've built, we met in a huge company together, right? Yep. And you take client work projects, it's probably nearing a billion in total revenue created. And, and I, don't say that, under... I don't say that to brag or to, or to, or to sound you know, arrogant, but but we were talking about this the other day and there's so much that we've seen and done. And a lot of it, you know, we, we say it's all online, but a lot of it's been offline too. I've done probably 200 seminars. You've probably done, you know, close to that as well. So combination online, offline, we've probably generated close to a billion dollars in revenue. Why do we say that? 
wasn't planning on saying that, but you brought up billions, is in every single successful entity, project, client, business we've ever built, they all have a razor sharp, well thought out lead generation strategy. And the key to that, and we're going to talk about it today, it's the topic of the day, is that it, it's not a stop and start thing. Lead generation is something that is consistent. It's on all the time. There's different elements of it. It changes, it evolves. But the best businesses in the world, the richest businesses in the world, they don't get leads once in a while. They have leads pouring in from multiple sources all the time. It's almost like they look at it like a portfolio. I always look at it like this, right? Come from the financial space. I talk portfolio, right? You look at your lead generation efforts as a portfolio. It's not we get leads from one source. It's, it's we get leads from three, four, five, six different sources. And that's really yeah. the mentality I think we want to talk about today is diversification and consistency of those diverse elements over time. Yeah. I mean, leads are oxygen, you know, yeah. that w what, what 99% of business owners that I talk to, it's funny. We, you know, we sit down and we meet with them and we know all the things they need to do. Right. Even, you know, with pipeline pro as an example, it, it's a system to optimize your sales follow-up process and your, your optimization of the leads and the sales that you have. And, and you talk to clients in, you know, in initial conversations and you say, look, you need this, this, this in place. They don't want to hear anything from you unless you're talking about leads first. The only thing that 99% of businesses want more of is more leads, more sales. Right. Right. And, and they should, because once you get those leads and sales predictably in place, then it allows you that, that internal calmness, that confidence to focus on optimizing all other places of your business. Right. Now, maybe you should have focused on optimization first, but it's almost like that, that human need for survival. If I don't have oxygen, if I don't have food, you know, everything else is, is, is second, you know, priority, Agreed. right? It's that yeah. you're in that flight, that flight or fight mode, you know, and if you don't have a predictable lead flow system set up, you're, you're never going to be a position in a position of strength, right? And, you know, I had a great conversation with, with one of our clients, uh, yesterday and, uh, he was talking about, I said, so what is the lead generation strategy for your software business? And he said, well, we've just hired four or five more people and, you know, and we're, we're, we're doing biz dev and we're doing that. And I said, you're, you're, you're hitting up people cold on LinkedIn, aren't you? And he was like, yeah. And I said, why, why are you doing that? Because this particular software, you know, that we use in the agency eliminates like six huge problems for, for, for agency clients. And I said, why wouldn't you just put a lead generation system together that made the world aware that you exist mm -hmm. and you solve this problem and educate them on them and then bring them to a, a strategy session, which they do right now. And, and know that every single day there's going to be somewhere between five and six educated, interested prospects for you to speak to so that you're not chasing people all over the place and ebbing and flowing and, you know, one moment you're in, you know, feast and the other moment you're in fast. How do you even hire salespeople when you don't have the predictability a, a, that you just mentioned? A, a predictability. Like one day you got one lead and the next day you got three and then for four days you got zero. And like, how do you even properly scale and organize your business? And you know where that leads to, right? That leads out the back door to constant cash flow issues. Right? Yes. So when it's a stop and go lead gen issue, it's 
the math is on the back as well, because when the leads slow, obviously the sales slow, sales slow, cash flow slow. So, you know, you, you mentioned a, an interesting point and a lot of businesses, I think, do this unconsciously is they they want to refine and polish the product so well and they want to put the staff in place and hire in some cases, go out and get funding and they want to get it perfect before they're out there getting leads. I would rather see a business get a bunch of leads in a sloppy way consistently than be perfect and wait and then go out there and start doing doing lead gen, right? I, because then yep. they get in the habit of consistency happening all the time. And, you know, like you said a second ago, also, those leads coming in, that never gets old. When you go look at your dashboard every morning and you see 10 new opportunities, 20 new leads, 50 new leads, and you see it every single day, it, it really is a good feeling and it's a liberating feeling. And it's almost a feeling of peace because you know you have flow because you should know your numbers and know that if we have 10 leads in a day, we might have two sales appointments, we might close one and two, and you can continue on that predictability path. The businesses that struggle the most, they don't know those numbers and the lead flow is very irregular. So what we yeah, want to talk a, about today rat. is making it more regular, right? And you know, dissecting it, what has to happen and what needs to be in place and yeah, and it's going stuff. back to the it's going back to the fundamentals. You know, you like to to focus on AIDA, which you can talk about in a second, and I like mm -hmm. to focus on uh, a different, you know, uh, formulation which we call awareness engagement conversion, right? So, you know, the first thing that you have to understand is your market your avatar, what their pain points are, what their age is, you know, what their interests are. You know, you have to really, really clearly define who they are. And then you have to understand that they're being bombarded by 72 million messages a day from 72 million different advertisers wanting the attention. I mean, compared to 10 years ago, it's something like 40X, you know, people are being bombarded. So, you know, what most, what most companies do is they say, we have an amazing product. And then they think the product alone should be enough to, to make somebody want to buy. Right. Right. So what they do is they say, here's my product and they just jam it in front of people. Right. Almost like the restaurant on the corner that if we build it, they will come because we have such amazing food. So naturally people will come eat it. Right. It's the same. Naturally. Naturally. If we just open it up and put a sign on the door, naturally yep. people should it's show that up. that mentality. Right? But, but the reality is, is you have to first make them aware that you exist, right? And so again, what most people do is look out and say, you know, our car lot is open, our insurance business is open, our finance business is open. And you know what most people's response to that is? Who freaking cares? So what? So what? There's like 8 million of you. You're not unique. You're not special. And you're like, no, 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 no. But we are because we have, you've already lost your opportunity right from the get-go because you're not special. You're not different. So how do you break through that first initial mental barrier with your ideal customer avatar mm -hmm. is you got to give. You got to give before you expect to receive. It's almost like dating, right? You don't rock up to somebody on the side of the street who you think, oh my God, they're so beautiful and intelligent and blah, 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 blah and say, hi, would you like to get married? They'd it's be like, you're it's creepy. a courting process is what you're yeah. getting at. Yeah, they'd be yeah. like, you're creepy, you're weird, beat it, right? <laughs> it, so you, you have to give before you receive. And how you do that is you go out and you give value to people, right? So when, when we look at somebody like the software example, right? 
it's meeting them where they're at. Hey, we know you have this problem, blah, 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 blah. Do you know how you could solve it? And by just giving them a little piece of information, whether it's in a video, in, in a piece of social media content, or whether it's in a funnel, you know, where you're giving them, you know, a simple one page PDF solving some of their problems, or you're doing a, a video sales letter, or you're doing a direct mail piece. It doesn't matter. Like the, 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 the tactics, everyone's always like, teach us the tactics. The mm -hmm. tactics are commoditized. They're unimportant. It's the, it's the actual strategy that matters of going out and making them aware that you exist by giving some value first. If you give some value first, now you bring them into your ecosystem. Now you start to make them aware that you exist and you potentially have a solution. And then we'll talk about the law of diffusion of innovation and how that starts to come into play below that. So I don't know if you want to talk at all about AIDA or what we were talking about, you know, right now, but I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, listen, the, my thoughts are this, the, 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 as we said in the beginning, that the most successful businesses in the world, they take an information education based marketing approach. They have figured out a way to use in, we're in the information age, right? They have figured out a way to use information as an asset and to lead with that information. We touched on it in episode four with the psychology behind the sales funnel. And when they lead with information and education, they're able to open up a much bigger mouth to get a lot of leads to come in every single day. So the big distinction in businesses that struggle and take a, lo take a long time to get off the ground and the ones that just continue to grow, scale, grow, scale, grow, scale, is they're leading with information, education, training, content, so that the mouth is way opened, right? And, and more people will come in versus leading with products and services, which is a tiny little mouth and maybe only a few people will come in. So that's a huge shift for business owners. Over the years, training under Dan Kennedy, who's the information marketing legend of our time, I got that early on, right? I got that way back in the day that the information marketing angle is way better than the products and services angle. And when you figure out what is going to be my, Ryan Dice coined the term bait years ago, digital marketer, right? Like what's your, what's your bait to get a lead? Meaning what kind of information, education, content can you lead with that, is, that isn't a sale, but it's warm interesting. Somewhere? It's interesting. It's interesting yep. and it's disruptive. And it's value-based. And it gets attention, like you said. So we'll talk about that attention, interest, desire, action thing. It gets attention because you don't have a guard up when somebody has seven tips to do this, or they have a cheat sheet to do this, or they have a video demonstration to show you this. So it's that courting process that you mentioned. Probably a good analogy with you know a male meeting a female and a female meeting a male is it's a courting process. It's cr as crazy as this will sound, it's slowing down the sale so that you make more of them. So we talk about selling more with less resistance as the cornerstone of the show. Well, as counterintuitive as this sounds, this is what works is if you can slow down your sales process so that you can warm up more prospects, educate, entertain a little bit if you can, right? Educate, entertain, interest. Then the resistance comes down and way more people will be interested in what it is that you offer. We'll give examples in a, in a second of, of, and I think it's always good on the show to give examples of businesses that are doing this that we see every single day. And a lot of times we don't notice it, whether it's brick and mortar, whether it's online, there's businesses that are doing remarkable job with this and we just take it for granted. We don't see it, but that's how they're getting so many leads and making so many sales and growing and scaling the business. In some cases, taking the business public, right? Because of the way they play the lead gen game, they don't play just the sales game. They're playing the marketing to precede sales game. That's the big shift. 
that we want to help you make here. And, and, I, and I want to make two points on that. Number one, here's a prime example of what you're talking about, slowing it down, yep. giving value, right? This show, right? We're not, we're not a syndicated show. We're not, NBC's not paying you and I a check. What? Are you serious? For, for real. I checked the I bank that was morning. coming next week. <laughs> Still not there, right? <laughs> Why would we take our time to do this show? Because we, we, we love hanging out so much because we want to put all this effort. No, we have a business. We have a software company. We have an agency. We have all these. We know that if we do this show a hundred times in a row, when somebody who's watching this show says, you know what? I, I need, I need help with this, right? The, the relationship and the credibility is established enough from this show that they're going to reach out to us personally and say, Hey, I could really use some help with this. And you seem to really know what you're doing. Do you think that we could have a conversation? And we say, sure, which is how we get a ton of clients. I've been listening to your podcast, watching your live stream, seeing you do this, right? So all that is, is awareness and information circulating. Absolutely. Right? It's, it's the wide point of an information funnel, mm -hmm. right? And then obviously the next step, they'd want to learn more about what we do and we bring them in further and further more information and then they become a client, right? Yep. And, and, the, and the reason scientifically for those people that are like, oh, I can't wrap my brain around this. You know, I have a product. I just want to go and sell it. Right. Is if you go and watch, um, for example, the, the, the mo I think the most watched TED Talk of all time now is Simon Sinek, Start With Why, right? You and I worked with Simon Sinek yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. And he talks about the law of diffusion of innovation, which is a, essentially is a bell curve Right. And, and that bell curve is all the people that would ever buy what it is that you offer. Mm -hmm. And it's actually segmented into different ranges, like two and a half percent is your innovators. And then the next segment is your early adopters, your early majority, your late majority and your laggards. There's there's six different segments on this bell curve. But most people, what they do is they just go after the two percent the innovators, the people who just get what the offer is. So they come out and they hammer it, hammer it, hammer it. And that two and a half percent says, I get it. Good offer. I'm going to buy it. Right. But then there's guys like you, you're on a different stage of that bell curve. And we'll take your, um, your band home workout system that you just, what was, what's the band system called? You oh, just the X3 workout system. Yeah. Phenomenal. The X3 workout system. The X3 How band. long did you research the X3, re, the, the X3 workout system for before you bought it? Two months maybe, which is rare for me. I just happen to be interested in the, the science of the strength training and the concepts behind it, read the full book and they have become a monster fitness company as a result of that technology and that so how many, how many pieces of information did you consume before you made that purchase? A good amount. Read, read, the, read the PhD doctor who created its whole book, right? So there's a, his book is lead gen. I mean, perfect example to me. One of the greatest examples of all time is a book as lead gen. We talk right. about the show as lead gen. That's more new age, but yeah. great example of the show you mentioned earlier. His book, Dr. Jack Quish, Dr. I, I, can't, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, PhD wrote the book. I read the book. I tend to like to read books on strength training and fitness and, and whatnot anyways. But for me to read a book, the science behind the book is what got me to buy the product because I'm right. more of a gym guy. So it was a big leap for me to get a, an at-home piece of fitness equipment. I've never done it in my life, right? So think about that for a minute. I'm glad you brought that example up. I've always gone to a gym to train or always gone outside to train. For me to get something for being at home and training on my own, 
I, I needed mounds of information and science behind that, right? So that's where we're going here, right? Is the lead gen of the book, great YouTube right. channel, by the way, needed a lot of demos because it's a demonstration style product, right? Right. So in this particular case, because you're such a hardcore gym guy, you were not in the early the innovator group of that product. I was you didn't not an easy. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't your layup three percent. No, you might have yeah. been in the in the in the early adopter. You might even be in the early, you know, early majority. You might. So be you couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't shove that product down my throat. You needed to educate the heck out of me with these modalities here. Absolutely. And and so if they had just focused on the product, you know, a product, and been yeah. like, here's here's our product. It does. Here's this. our website, and just drive traffic to it. Yeah, you would have been like, cool. Next, and you're done. Exactly what would have happened. I needed right? the levels of thought and time and energy that went into the education and the science behind that sale for me. It's a perfect example. Exactly. I was nowhere near the 3%, already working out at home, tried a bunch of different at-home fitness things. So it was an automatic for me. I'm not in that, 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 that group. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that the group, as you go along this bell curve, the people that are further along in the bell curve won't do something unless the group before them did it and they see it. Yeah. So you went and got it and you were spouting off about how amazing this is. And then you know what happened? I went and bought it. I think right? I had seven clients buy it too. It was funny. Right. Because, <laughs> I, because I know how serious you are about it. When right. you did it, I was like, well, if, if I know the type of research you would do so if, and, and what a hardcore gym guy you are. So if the fact that you did it means I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And there's actually what's called a tipping point, you know, between the, between the innovators and um, the early adopters and the early majority and the late majority. So right between the early adopters. So just to give you like numbers on this, yep. innovators are two and a half percent. Early adopters are 13.5%. Early majority is 34, late majority is 34, and laggards is 16. Mm -hmm. If you only market it to the people who just get it, that's only 2.5% out of your total 100. Yep. If you stopped at the early adopters, you're only 15% out of your 100. But the funny thing is, is there's something called crossing the chasm that happens between the early adopters and the early majority. As soon as the early majority buys into it, it's, it's called the tipping point. Yeah. And there's a very famous book written about it. Once Malcolm Gladwell wrote that book, The Tipping Point. Yeah. Once that happens, the rest of it is automatic. So you have to market really heavily to the innovators and the early adopters, and you have to show the early adopters a ton of proof that the innovators think it's cool and they've done it in order to reach that tipping point. So – that's where the whole lead generation process comes in is you're putting out value, you're getting adoption of what you're doing, mm -hmm. and then once you get people into your, your, your ecosystem, whether that's your email list, yep. whether that's people consuming your videos and social media that now you can retarget those video watchers, you start to show them different things that break down their psychological resistance to what you're doing. And we teach this all the time. In fact, I have something I created called the ultimate retargeting strategy. And, it, and it's almost like a game where there's, you know, let's assume there's like, there's 10 pieces in a puzzle, right? And, and, and they're not going to buy until you remove all 10 of those pieces. So one of those pieces that we'll, we'll put out for content is the origin story, mm -hmm. right? The origin story in the workout thing was basically the book, you know? Yeah. 
this is me. I was a doctor. This is what I discovered. Here's the, the things, the revolutionary things, blah, 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 which is why this, oh, that's the origin story, the aha moment, mm-hmm. right? And then there's other things that have to happen because remember, one group won't buy until they see the other group. So that's where you start to get case studies of people using the product or the system and put them in front of people because they need to see somebody else use it first. Yeah, social proof. Right? Social proof. Testimonials directly from people. Again, credibility, social proof, maybe humanizing the brand a little bit. You know, why key, though, why key though, we talked about that last week. Very key, by the way. Let me stop you. Humanizing the brand and, and a personality. Russell Brunson calls this the star of the story and the solution. That's his thing over mm-hmm. the years. Who's the star? Who's the personality? Who's the human behind the thing that that dramatically increases conversions from a lead gen and a sales standpoint? Having Absolutely. that because most products and services at this point they're they're commoditized. They don't have it, yeah. Right? People buy from people. Mm-hmm. They don't buy from data, right? You bought into the story of this doctor. Credibility, you, you, credibility, credi- story, right? Story and credibility, right? If you go back to the start with why, you know, TED Talk, mm-hmm. he talks about how facts and figures are your cerebrum, right? Logical. But, but the buying decision is limbic. Emotional. Emotional, right? It's the it's the gut feeling. Yeah. It's where loyalty and trust and and friendship, you know, are. It's not facts and figures. We need the facts and figures to to, to be able to disseminate the information, but it's not where the buying decision comes from. The buying decision comes from emotional engagement to something. So if you just come out and you say, "I've got an umbrella," you know, it's a great umbrella. People are like, and there's a million freaking different umbrellas. But now if you say this is an umbrella and it's made from recycled plastic pulled from the ocean Mm -hmm. and here's videos of our team out in a boat, you know, video capturing plastic coming out of the ocean and manufacturing in our facility. That creates a feeling. Oh, see, it's the feel. That's right. You know, somebody once said to me, it's not the deal, it's the feel. Right. And what's that saying, Aaron? You, you know, people, I've, I've heard it a million times. I forgot exactly how it goes. I think most people buy with logic. They justify with emotion. I think it's something along those lines. Is that, I, mean, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Right. It's an old. Or, or buy with we, emotion and justify with logic. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's, one, one of the, I might have it backwards, but you know, you get the point at the end of the day is that there's always going to be the logic argument, which is, which is, you know, just very basic, but it's that emotion. It's that humanization. And again, this all loops back to the topic of the day, lead generation, sales funnel, your process, how much emotion and humanization and personality can I build into this? Like the guy did with the X3 system. And he talks about it in his book. He almost, he said in his book, by the way, he did a huge deal with Tony Robbins. He got into part of that origin story was he created that piece of fitness equipment because, and he stumbled onto it because he was already developing another piece of medical equipment for osteoporosis with Tony Robbins. They had a deal. And he's like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm, what I'm seeing come out of that could be converted into pretty powerful strength training, variable resistance equipment. So it was almost Absolutely. like he stumbled. Makes the story even better because he stumbled onto it not by design, right? Absolutely. But, but the thing is that you just mentioned a second ago in reading his book, I remember him saying, I really grappled with the idea of being the guy out in front in being the personality. I could have easily went out and hired a bodybuilder, an athlete. You know, Tom Brady and, and, and Rob Gronkowski used this stuff. They're very big variable resistance band guys. He's like, but they wanted a ton of money, like a crazy amount of money to be my front guys. 
think Gronkowski is who he was talking to. He's like, so I just decided I'm going to be the front guy because then people aren't going to be skeptical and think that I'm just paying some bodybuilder. I'm now the guy. My story is, is authentic. And I did stumble across this. And I did realize a way to make this a, a better option than potentially traditional weightlifting. It was really a fascinating, like you said, origin story and path to that swell that they just, you know, they're seeing it now, basically. Well, and that's, you know, you look at another example of it. You look at Pipeline Pro, right? Yep. That's why we put you on the front because you've built so many sales processes for so many companies. You were a Wall Street guy. What does a Wall Street guy have to do? Churn through people, churn <laughs> through numbers, churn through follow-up, optimize the process, so on and so forth. You know, then you were a high-ticket offer guy, same thing, right? Then you're a consultant, you're a Dan Kennedy guy. You're all, So when, when when we were looking at, okay, well, who should be the front person for the Pipeline Pro software, we put you out there because you, Just made had, sense. you had so many pain points. You know, I remember we had this client together, uh, you know, last year, and they kept saying, we don't really know what's happening with our sales team, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we keep telling them to record the sales calls and send them over to us, and, and, and we've got compliance issues, you know, that we've, we've got to be able to review these calls and blah, 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 blah. And we're like, why, why does this have to be so difficult? It was painful, why? yeah. Right? And so we put them into Pipeline Pro and, like and every bang, Full call, visibility. Right. Every call that the salesperson was doing was automatically recorded. So then they could just go in and listen to it versus this, this inefficient chasing around of salespeople of, hey, can you – I can't remember. What was the software they were using before that they couldn't get them to, to yeah, send? Just one of the traditional Ring Central, you know, yeah, call Central. rail type things that are good. But you're still pulling the data out all the time, which right. you know, sometimes can get a little messy. Yeah, they wanted to be able to like look in, see what was happening, see their leads, see their time to follow up, see their text, see their emails, listen to the recorded calls. Yep, exactly. right. And it was the pain point that drove the creation of the product. Yep. And and who could speak to that better than somebody who's lived in their trenches of creating sales organizations or doing sales themselves than you for 15 years? So you can speak to all of these pain points and you can give value on the front and, and, and draw people into the ecosystem and it just makes sense. It's con- congruency is key. That's yep. where you're going here. So yep. the congruency of who you are in your offer or your company or your service, right? And maybe you're not the guy or the girl, right? There's a, I mean, I have a client that comes to mind right now. Great friend of mine, good buddy, play golf together. I think he just bought the, the X3 last week. Of course right? he did. And he, and you know, in some of our mastermind and private private client calls, the, the conversation keeps coming up. Do you want to be the to to go next level with your agency? Do you want to be? Can you can you be the guy out front, the personality, to do bigger, better lead gen? Or maybe do you not want to be the guy out front because somebody needs to be the guy out front if you want to go next level? Because right now they're just they're an agency for insurance agents and they do very well. But if they want to go next level, somebody's going to need to be out front, humanizing the process to go next level, as we talked about, right? Somebody's going to want to, somebody's going to need to have a story. Somebody's going to need to be able to connect with an audience to go next level to get that swell we talked about. And he's, it, it's just not him. And there's nothing wrong with that. It either nope. is you or it isn't. But if it isn't you, you need to find somebody who it is because the more you can humanize the front end of your lead generation, the more people will come into your ecosystem and eventually ascend and buy what it is that you want to you want to be selling. So it's a, it's a, it's a real difficult speed bump for a lot of business owners is they get to a certain level of success 
And then they realize I'm going to have to be way more out front and visible than I thought. And I have a hard time with that, or I'm excited about that. Very few get excited about it, by the way, because you need to be good on video. You need to be able to speak. You need to be doing shows like we're doing. Like it takes either a high level of training or you just need to you know, have it in you already. And very few do, and it's not wrong, but you need to know that in order for me to grow and scale, I'm going to need someone, male, female, old, young, that, that I can connect with other people on a big scale to get to the next level. And a lot of times businesses, they just don't make that leap and they don't ever get enough leads or make enough sales to make it worth it. So it's a big right. distinction. I mean, I mean, think about how much less valuable Tesla would be right now without Elon Perf Musk. Another great example of having a face with this innovative technology. I mean, this guy's literally the world, the, the real life Tony Stark. He really is. And people are buying the car because they love his contrarian renegade approach so much. And by the way, maybe a different topic for a different day. One of the big elements that, that, that makes that work is they kick sand in the face of their competitors quite a bit. It's how yeah, Trump and, got and to be Trump. It's how, it's how, um, what's his name got to be Tesla. You don't have to do it all the time, but they take a stand for what they believe. And they like to, they like to almost alienate or create a little bit of conflict around their competitors. And it, 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 it alienates some, but it creates quite a following on the other side. Well, and, and, and this, this could go off in a completely different topic, but you know, one of the That's campaigns a topic within itself, by the way, the yeah, psychology I mean, one of, the of a following really is what it could be. Yeah. One of the campaign structures that we, we have clients do is, is a campaign structure called throwing stones, there which is exactly what you're talking Same about, thing. right? Yeah. What everybody else is doing and why it's stupid and why we do our things our way and why it works better. It's called the throwing stones strategy, yeah. right? But it actually isn't about just throwing stones. It's actually about authentic voice. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you look at Elon Musk, for example, how many times has his board or have his shareholders said, oh, God, please stop talking. Mm-hmm. When he went on Joe Rogan and He's smoked a, a joint, guy. Yeah. when he smoked a joint with Joe Rogan on his podcast, the shares dropped by like three and a half percent. And they were they were they wanted his neck. They were like, totally. this guy's got to go. Blah, blah, blah. But what they don't understand is that there's he's. Going back to Simon Sinek, your, your goal is not to sell to everybody. Your goal is to sell to people who believe what you believe. When you find that true authentic voice, what you are, what you're not, what you believe in, what you don't. It's very attractive. It is, it's very, very attractive to it's the people magnetic. Who, who would buy your stuff. Yeah. Right. It repels the people who would waste your time. Right. And that's actually the best scenario. If your messaging can repel the people who would kick your tires and make you exponentially more attractive to the people who would buy your stuff, think about the time you saved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I've listened agreed. to Dan Kennedy before. Dan's, Dan can be a dick. He, he calls him. He calls himself. I mean, you know, Dan in his heyday was. Forget the terminology he used. He could call himself the no BS guy, right? He would call crap That's right. out. He would his his big stance was against traditional big board big broad advertising, and, right? And which made a case for his direct response, very targeted advertising. We talked about it in yep. episode four in funnels, but he was picking a fight with big broad general basic plain vanilla advertising. It, it resonates with marketers who go, you know what? How would I be able to compete? You know, think about insurance, right? We deal with a lot of insurance people. I have insurance clients. How do you compete against Geico? How do you compete against, is it State Farm with 
with uh, the two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and yes, and um, who's the who's the kid from Kansas City again? I'm drawing a blank. MVP of the league last oh, year. I, I don't know why. Um, I can't believe I'm spacing why, on why we're drawing blanks on football. We're huge football guys too. Why, yeah, why, um, this is terrible. Jeez, we're so focused Never mind. on. Listen, we're Skip. focused on the right things, not the wrong things, right? <laughs> but those two guys are a lot of fun on those commercials. How do you? And these commercials are on all the time. The only way you would be able to compete, Patrick a, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. The only. Did you just Google that? I, was I saw your fingers moving. I was man. in the middle of Googling it, and then my brain kicked in. Okay, so you were going to Google it, which is yep. cheating. But anyways, so you think about how do you compete with these big companies with unlimited advertising budget? The only way you do it is with personality. The only way you do it is you come down to humanization and getting into these little niches and, 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 and having a differentiating message than all the big, broad advertisers. It's the only way you can do it. The only way to well, compete and, today. And, and I look at Elon Musk again as another example. Not <laughs> There was some company like six months ago, and I don't remember which company it was. It was one of the bigger ones, you know, maybe a Ford or a, somebody like that that said, you know, on Twitter, they said something along the lines of like, we're going to come out and dominate the electric market by 2023. And he went on in his own personal account. You can Google it. And all he put was, bring it, pussy. <laughs> on, on like a Twitter? On, his on Twitter. Twitter. And I was like, this is the CEO. Like most companies, you, the CEO can't. Right stuff like that. Can't do it. And, Not and, a lot and there's a fine line with it. I mean, you can to a degree, but you shouldn't really, right? You know, listen, at the end of the day, whatever you want to say about politics, Trump got himself unelected, right? He got himself unelected because he went overboard with the strategy. But he also got himself elected got by him, being polarized. Com, coming in. Yep. Coming in. You're right. So that's why it's a fine line. Can go too far with it. You right? can. You can. You but can go too far you know, with it. But being, being yourself, being authentic with your messaging is always going to have, in my opinion, more benefits than drawbacks. No there's, question. No there's question. a line where like class and like politically correct, you know, you got to be careful with, you know, but you also got to push the boundaries a little Definitely. bit Definitely. if you want to cut through the noise and get attention. So it's, it's it can be a fine line, yeah. but more times than not, authenticity is going to win. I mean, look at, look at Apple. I mean, what the hell was Apple until Jobs came back? Jobs was the guy. Right, Apple was nothing. It was dead in the water, and they had and they had the vice president from Pepsi in there. All the knowledge in the world, all the connections in the world, all got you know platinum level blue chip executive. Couldn't pull it off without Jobs. Jobs had to come back in and start throwing stones at yep. people, and you know be authentic and be out there and whatever. And the brand went bang yep. as soon as they brought him back in. Right. Right. So kind of looping into different conversations, but it's our show so we can do whatever we want. Exactly. Uh, but looping it into lead gen, right. And looping it into traffic. I think it's important that this point gets belabored because the way you're going to maximize any kind of lead generation offer or any kind of traffic from the web, from any source, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, doesn't matter, is making sure you nail down the psychology of what we're talking about here today, which is humanization, personality, being very specific about who you're for, who you're against, what your offer is. But again, providing value. Big, what's that? Providing value. Provi I was going to just get to that next is, and then the actual offer has got to be something ed education or information based first, or you're going to spend yourself out of business in a lot of cases. And it's, it's a tough shift, right? It's a shift that gets resisted a lot when you're so used to selling I don't know, you know, a financial plan or an insurance policy or well, 
and, or, and I want to address, uh, you know, or an, or an agency retainer, right? Well, it, I, I to want to, to shift something. away from that to I'm going to lead with a webinar, a free guide, a cheat sheet, a web demo is like, man, that's, that's, that's labor intensive, but it works. Well, and here's the thing. There's, I've had a lot of these conversations with people lately where they're like, yeah, but you don't see Coca-Cola like it, – It's an apples to oranges example. Out doing it. And I said that's because you don't understand the difference of who they are and who you are. Right. Right? You know when we talk about crossing the chasm? We're all – now you're getting into brand identity and size. Mm -hmm. Right? Heineken's not out there doing webinars. I'm aware of that. There's – their whole goal now is to elicit emotion and play the awareness game exactly. only, yep. right? Because they've already crossed the chasm. They're already massive. Yep. They, everybody in the world. They're not trying to create yeah. awareness to their new beer anymore. No, they're simply trying to create an emotional response so that the next time beer comes up in your mind, emotionally you go and choose theirs over somebody else's because maybe, you know, Heineken sponsored X games and you're an X games guy. So that relates to you at a core level. Yeah, it's yeah. now you're in an emotion game until you're the size of these brands that have crossed the chasm. You have to play a different game. Mm -hmm, totally. Until you get there. And that game is awareness, engagement, conversion until you get into millions and millions, you know, or, or billions of people who know your company, which very few will ever do. Yeah. And by the way, you see this happen quite a bit. So if you look back at some of the big infomercial plays, you know, kind of pre-internet days, if you look back at some of these cleaning products come to mind, they were huge on TV, huge on the internet for years and years and years. They were direct response. They were selling direct to the consumer. And then all of a sudden, all that marketing goes away and you see them on the shelves of Walmart or Target because right. they got past that phase of we need. And, and by the way, always had a crazy personality marketing these things. Absolutely. Right? Some, some nutty guy screaming and yelling on TV or whatever. And, you know, it was, it was entertaining in most cases. Right. But I think, past that I, think point. I think Organifi is a good example of that. Um, yeah. Drew, yeah, yeah. is it Drew Canoli that, that did that? A couple, a couple, a couple come to mind. I forget one of the guys passed away. He was, you know, the wild and crazy pitch man for a lot of these cleaning products. And then eventually these cleaning products ended up on the shelves of Target and, and Walmart. Sham wow. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Exactly. But you're right. People want to go there first, not second. And it's a huge disconnect. They don't realize that. And, and most times when they have money, they think this. Well, we have money. We can go do what they do. Well, you can, but you're going to need a ton of it because you're, you're, you're leapfrogging past the true organic direct response lead generation process that really smart businesses go through first, which is leading with information, education, and personality. And when you lead with education, information, and personality first, the amount of selling resistance that goes away is, is almost hard to believe. And I think any well, business owner at the end of the day would love to figure out a way, how do I get more interest and have way less selling resistance? It's a dream. Yeah. And, and I'll give you a great example of this is, you know, not to beat a dead horse, right? When back in the day, when you opened a newspaper, you saw two types of ads. Man, what I were the read a newspaper in a long time. I know. I know. It's been a long, it's been a long time since I read a newspaper, but I'm going to use this as an example, right? You'd have a newspaper. There'd be two types of ads. See if you know where I'm going with this. What were the two types of ads that would be in there? Are you asking me? I'm asking You'd you. You'd see full page ads, right? Is that what you mean? Right. Or, or you mean the industry? I, well, I, I, won't, I won't send you off down a rabbit hole. You'd have one type of ad, which was like your brand ad, right? It would be your Coca-Cola. It would be your Heineken. It would be, yeah, your travel yep. it'd be your travel company. It would be your, 
your ought with Ford, yeah. you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And the other type of ad that would be there would be an advertorial. Exactly. And they work Which out looks well. like – it looks like an article in the newspaper. So it's not – you're reading it because it's in line with what you're doing. You're not skipping it because it's just, you know, another piece of advertising, right? You're reading it and it's, you know, something along the lines of, um, you know – uh, elderly family in Florida, you know, overturns cancer with, you know, exactly. within six, 60 days, blah, 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 you know, and, and you're like, oh my God, these, oh, wow, that's so great. These people are, and you're reading through this great story and the motion and the attachment and whatever. And then all of a sudden at the bottom, there's this subtle call to action to check out this XYZ supplement yeah. or XYZ yeah. medical procedure or whatever. And you're like, damn it, it's an ad. Like, but now you're so emotionally engaged in what you read that if, if you're one of those people that is in need of that solution, it, you, you got emotionally attached to it, right? And, and that company is not big enough yet to just – they're not Pfizer. They can't just throw some drug on a page and like – So they lead with story and emotion. They lead with, and they lead with awareness, people, emotion, strategy, all that stuff until like you said – they cross the chasm until, until, and all of a sudden they're in Walmart and CVS and, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, what's happening is Walmart's advertising for them by being on their shelf. But by you being on graduate to that level. You don't start at that level. That's no. the key. And everybody thinks that not everybody, but too many businesses think that, that, that they should advertise like those other companies advertise. Yes. When really what you're doing is, as my, as my dad used to say, he used to say, son, it's like farting against thunder because all the big boys are doing exactly what you're doing and you're nobody. So you can't play their game. Yep. It's true. Had a, had a conversation with, with a client yesterday who wants to start a software company like we did. And I said, listen, I'm going to tell you what you need to be prepared for right now. You can't just throw software out there. Who's going to be the face of it? They were like, we hadn't really thought about that. I said, well, somebody needs to think about this. When you're going to bring an offer to the table, and if you want it to be big, you're going to need to treat it like a movie. And it's a production. And there's script writing, which is copy. And there's emotion. And there's a person. And there's going to need to be video. And they were like, wow, we hadn't thought about that. I'm like, well, then if you want to make a lot of sales and you want to scale and you want to go global with anything, software, service, whatever, somebody's going to need to be prepared to be the star of the show. And the team is going to need to be prepared to make this like a movie production. Your offer needs to be built like it's a movie production and you're getting ready to launch it. Trailer just came out. The launch is in a month, two months, right? And that's the way the game gets played on a big scale today, right? Is you treat it like you're producing a blockbuster movie. And when you treat your offer and your company like you're producing a blockbuster movie, you would be amazed at what you start to attract. You become, you know, you become... It becomes – you start to magnetize your audience in a way because it's just such a well-thought-out production. And I think that's, that's you know, sometimes the best way to look at the way you market, the way you do lead gen, the way you do anything is are you treating it like it's a blockbuster movie release? And when you do, you go all in. And when you go all in, the results that you'll see will be staggering even to you. Yeah, and, and I think that probably leads us to our last topic um, for today, which is patience. Right. People come out and they go, OK, I listened to uh, to Andrew. He said I needed to make, you know, some piece of valuable information to give away. And I built it 
and I launch some ads mm. and nobody wants it. This doesn't work. Okay. Let's be very clear here. As somebody who runs an agency that spends $4 million a month on paid media, 90% of the things we launch don't work. In fact, what we tell our team is your job is to fail fast, fail hard. Mm. Don't Good fail, point. don't fail small. I don't want, I don't want small, fa- I want massive failures and I want them as fast as possible because we have to fail in order to get to what works. And when you get to what works, it's almost like you've, you've tapped into the matrix. Mm. You know, we have one ad right now, Andrew, that we've been running for pipeline pro that I have not touched for six months. It brings in the same amount of customers every single week, like clockwork. You call it a flagship ad now predictable, mm-hmm. right? I don't touch it. Now I'm, now I'm testing other stuff to see if I can crack the matrix with two, three, four, five angles, right? However, how many did it take for us to get that one, right? There was about 40 different tests, 40 different variations, right? To get that one and to find the right audience and, 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 and. So patience and persistence is a necessity in this game. Once you got it, you're like, oh, well, that wasn't that difficult. And then you can do it again and again and again. But you gotta, you gotta be patient and you gotta be persistent. Because once you crack it, it's like it's in a groove and you're good to go. I think that's a really good point, a great way to leave off because that's the game that most don't want to play. We live in a very impatient world today. Right? Yeah. We live in a we live in we also live in a world today where people are okay giving up too quick on a lot of things. They'll throw in the towel quick on a lot of things. Business, people, team, sports. I mean, you see it all the time. Relationships, right? People just get divorced today, right? People just fire people today. People just start a marketing campaign and end it. Like, you know, it wasn't like that when we were growing up. We, we, we had a little bit more endurance and we had a little bit more staying power. So, you know, you have to fight that today as well. And I think that, I think that's, the biggest advice we can leave with is, is as you start to structure lead generation, you can't just say, I tried it and it worked. I mean, at some point you might be able to say that, but you really want to try it until it works. Not I tried it and it didn't work. It's not, you know, you're not really all in on that, on that. No. And here's the thing. You don't want it to be easy. Do you know why? If it's easy, the barrier of entry is low. And if the barrier of entry is low, it means your competitors can come in and outbid you or knock you off or whatever, whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, good if point. it's hard, it means people are going to be really slow to catch you when em- you figure it out. Embrace sophistication. You know, lesson I got back in the day, don't remember who it came from. It was, maybe it was Jay Abraham. Maybe it was Dan Kennedy. You know, one of the gurus back in the day, right? One of the, the godfathers of marketing. Embrace sophistication. Don't fight sophistication because most people will not embrace sophistication. And when you do you elevate to the next level and you, you start to, you know, you start to create that separation of you being so far ahead of the pack. And that's, that's a, that's a pretty sweet place to be being so far ahead of the pack because nobody wants to ever embrace the level of sophistication that you do in your lead gen or your sales process. So don't fight technology. Don't fight sophistication, embrace it, own it and use it as a leverage point and use it as a huge differentiator because eventually you won't have competition and that you have to earn also. Right. You have to graduate into not having competition. Right. 
Absolutely. Everybody's got to pay their dues. I mean, look at Joe Rogan. He started his podcast, whatever, 10 years ago. Everybody was like, is what that the how hell? Long is, is that how long his podcast yeah, is? I think it's like 10 years now. Well, he's put, and, and he's every, a decade doing it. And podcasts weren't even that big 10 years ago. So he was an no, early adopter nothing. into the scene. They were nothing. And, and he just wanted a way to connect with people and say what he wanted to say without without being, um, you know, silenced and filtered and yeah. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Spotify paid him a hundred million dollars this year to be exclusive right? on, on their platform. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Right. That's when amazing. everyone else thought it was stupid and he was grinding it out and he was being persistent and he was trying new things and, and, and what is it? What is it? What, what did he do? He built an awareness campaign. That's all he did. Mm-hmm. He showed up and he did interviews and he put them on YouTube and he put them on, you know, and he did them for a long time consistently. And now the guy can literally walk on there and launch a product whenever he wants. And the company is gone. Look at Onnit. Onnit's one of the most successful supplement companies in the world. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. an owner. Mm-hmm. He's an owner. Is that right? Yeah. Right? It's, it, it's, it's, it's being persistent. It's, it's being consistent. And it's about providing value to the marketplace to establish yourself as the authority. Perseverance, baby. Lead gen, sales funnels, episode four. We talked perseverance. It's a very big deal today. I'm going to wrap it there. I think this was a good one. More to come every Friday's live 11 a.m. Eastern in the public Sales Velocity TV page. Now can be downloaded. Sales Velocity Radio, Apple, Google, Amazon, I believe, Spotify, all the big players out there. Probably a link below. Aaron, always a pleasure. Loving my Fridays. You are as well. Hopefully you are as well, viewers, and we'll be back next week. Same time, same place, same channel. This one's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.